get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Joining me across the way is that that old Bulldog fan, and we're talking about Georgia Bulldogs, who very well could go 12-0, and 0, who I believe somebody just predicted that. Who just predicted that Georgia would go? Dana Holgerson predicted that Georgia would go 12-0, and 0, Evan Grant. Um, it's not a uh, – it, it's not a um... – not a tough schedule. They not a challenging schedule. They don't have to play Alabama year. this year. No, uh, you got uh, you you you're, uh, you got LSU, you got Auburn, you got Florida. Um, Georgia Tech is going to be better, but there's no Notre Dame this year. There's no um, uh, the the non conference games are are really weak. I think that could potentially impact them on the you know in the in the poll, but I think their non conference games are Austin P, Middle Tennessee, and UMass. So. Um, and then Georgia Tech, yeah. So that that, that could hurt them. But uh, um, listen, I I, I think that uh, college football right now. I I'm not so much focused on where my beloved Bulldogs are going to yeah. finish in college football. I'm more focused on the uh, flying poop show that has become <laughs> college football. Well, you know, college athletics in general are, are a mess. You can't just say football. I and mean, look at college basketball. The NCAA just came out with some recommendations that I don't think are going to mean much. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was really trying hard when I looked at the, uh, what came out last week to see if, if – are they gonna? Is any of this gonna matter? And I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't find anything that was really gonna make a difference in college basketball, which is 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 uh, is a mess from a standpoint of of what uh, the you know are we gonna? It's a it's a mess from not only from the enforcement standpoint, but when is the NCAA gonna step up to this century and realize that we cannot expect? to keep on doing things the way we've always done them. We're making all kinds of money. We're making money hands over fist, and meanwhile, these student-athletes aren't. So I never uh, understood that hand, the hand over, over fist, fist thing. Yeah. You know, it, it probably needs to be explained. We had a little thing in the paper over the weekend. I don't know if you noticed this, explaining some of the old uh, cliches. You know, oh, that's good. That that'll reach the youngins. Well, I, I think especially uh, people need a little cliche uh, thing if they're reading your stuff. That's true. Yeah, because mine is full of that, Kevin. I, but seriously, I just. I, what is going on in college football? I mean, I. I, You're referring specifically to I'm what happened at Maryland to uh, the Big Ten at this point in time. The big well, when we had the the uh, what's going on in Ohio State, where uh, Urban Meyer is uh, under investigation now by his own university to see whether what he knew and when he knew it about Zach Smith, uh, a, a, an assistant coach that he dragged with him from Florida, uh, and who is the grandson of Earl Bruce. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's the connection. I just don't know how valuable could Zach Smith really be when you know that there were allegations against him in 2009 about, uh, spousal abuse. 
Uh, I don't know if they but were, most of it was 2015. Well, the, the, the yeah. new thing is 2015. Did he know? And then he, of course, said it at Big Ten Media Days that he didn't know about. And he didn't intend to deceive. And I, yeah, and he didn't know any of that. And, and not only did he not know it then, he said he said it very emphatically. It was it was like he was very dismissive of uh, of, of the questions about that. And then the next week, when it all comes out through the text messages and through the reporting of Brett McMurphy on Facebook. Uh, in which it was documented that his wife knew all this, you know. I have find it hard to believe that his wife is not telling him, hey, do you know what Courtney Smith is saying? Right. You know, let's let come on, let's get real here. That they're very they're a very close couple, you know, uh the Myers. So at any rate, uh now he's saying it, well, you know, <laughs> I didn't handle that well. What do you mean you didn't handle it well? You lied. Yeah. You know, all you needed to say was, you know what? I'd rather not discuss that right now in this forum. But uh, here, here's but it my, is concern. Here is my question: Who, um, in general? Yeah. And there are a lot more of them. Uh, and I'm talking about big time college football coaches. Yeah. Who are more bullyish in demeanor? NCAA football coaches. Or NFL head coaches. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Are you talking about to the players themselves? Just in general, bullish, dismissive. You can't. Well, you can't count with the media. I've, I've thought about this many times. You can when the media presents you a fact about a serious allegation and you choose to lie. Uh, true, because the media is is hopefully rep- just re- representing the general public. Correct. These are the people you're representing. People who, who are essentially paying your salary. Um, here's the interesting thing about that question, though, because when you talk about players, and this is what happened, of course, at Maryland, where uh, a player died in, um, in in June after a May voluntary workout, in which which uh, are not voluntary, which are not voluntary, and there were now there are allegations because of an ESPN investigation, in which several witnesses say that the the head football athletic trainer of all people when this kid was struggling so mightily uh, and this should have been sent off all kinds of warning signals. And I talked to a friend of mine who's a athletic trainer, a long time uh, athletic trainer. And, and he said, I said, who, what athletic trainer, what AT watches this happen? A kid struggle this mightily, can't even hold his head up and says, drag his ass off uh, over the field. That's what the guy said. And so they walked him around the field and he, and uh, Dave Burton said, not a good one. Yeah. And he said, it doesn't matter what you think about the kid. It doesn't matter if you think he's – because coaches always want to call these kids lazy, right? He's lazy. He doesn't want to work. Uh, and he said, it doesn't matter what you think about the kid. You always have to check him out first just to make sure there's not something the matter here. And, of course, there was something the matter, and that kid died two weeks later. It's a tragedy. So but here's what I'm saying is that, yes, there. <laughs> There's a lot of cussing, there's a lot of yelling, there's a lot of demeaning behavior in, in athletics and in football in general. Uh, we, but but you, you don't have as much of it, I don't think, at the pro level because those guys won't put up with it. Right. You know, they, they're not going to you, – you couldn't – you could no more get away with that. Uh, one of the Cowboys, ATs, would never – have yelled that across the field to one of those to one right. of those guys. Never would have happened. But you had that happening at college. You have that you have that happening in high schools. And that's what I always want to say is is that when I see the the conduct of people, not only that in other places, but that my sons have played for, and I see the attitudes of these people, and I always want to say, tell me when did you see that happening in in Major League Baseball 
or in the NFL where you see that. You just don't see it anymore. You don't see coaches just screaming at players and doing that kind of thing. So, you know, what's happened in college football is, is that, you know, a long time ago when they weren't paid very much, the, the object of most of them either was to get to the NFL uh, where they could make some money or they were just guys who loved college football and they just stayed there. And, you know, even though they weren't making a lot. Well, now they make a lot of money. Now a lot of them make more than the guys in the NFL make. Matter of fact, most uh, there's several of them that make more than right. the, than the guys in the NFL make. And your your chances of remaining in that position in college and, and seeing the end of that contract is a lot better, I think, in college football than it is in the NFL. So it gives these guys a sense of empowerment. That, that they can get away with this stuff if they want to. It, it allows Urban Meyer to stand up there and say, you know what, I don't know anything about what you're talking about, you know, and 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 I don't I don't think an NFL coach could have gotten away with that. But he, he, you know, I mean, and, he, and Urban may not get away with it either. If a fraternity conducted this type of behavior on campus, right, they would be closed down. Yeah, they're obviously not bringing in the revenue that football is. Right. But the demeaning behavior um, to staff members, to players, to the outside, anybody basically that doesn't kiss your ass and pay you, you know, big time money for in terms of donations right. is is disgusting. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think that if you go back to Florida, you would find not that fan bases are, are the uh, bastions of rational thought process here because – We'll Ugh. get into what's gone on between Ohio State and Texas in, in just a minute. But, I, I mean, these guys, these guys, college football coaches, if I'm sending my kid to a college, I want that coach to put my kid first. Right. Um, same thing with my When you say putting them first, you don't mean to start them. You mean that. No, uh, I mean, they, I want their, their best welfare interests. and right. their, their best interests yes. first. Right. Um. That's what this is all about, and we have perverted it. We have turned it in, and I, you know, look. I mean, I everything I own that I that I can yeah, is red and black. Georgia on everything, um, and I and you have that tattoo right on your butt uh, that says. Uh, How did you know about that? Well, you know, I have sources. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I support it. it for me, it's always been kind of a, a sense of civic pride. I was from Georgia. I, you know, I. And all of that, but at some point you have to you have to demand that there is at least ethical behavior here, and we see it time and time again when it comes to and and to me, you know, getting some money to athletes may be cheating, but I don't see that as unethical behavior at this point in time because athletes are being exploited. But when you're putting when you're lying about basically what amounts to criminal investigations when you are protecting people who have behaved in a way that is uh, reprehensible because you feel that their value to your to, to you winning games is 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 more important um, see that's the thing I don't understand though about the Zach Smith now I know he's considered a good recruiter and that of course leads to the story about how this all started and uh, in, in the story that all this uh, started over the weekend was that Tom Herman is the one who was the source for Brett McMurphy's reporting and that Tom Herman 
was doing that because he was trying to get rid of Zach Smith, who recruits in Texas. They lost a wide receiver from Lake Travis who uh, who went to Ohio State. And, and so, you know, I, and, and talking to, to people over the weekend about this before a column I wrote uh, for today's paper, uh, what I was told— Well, was, we're not going to talk about any of your columns because that's— no, 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 no. Yeah, We've, but this is germane to the discussion. Uh, unlike your minor league baseball story, uh, is that that first of all, this kid from Lake Travis was actually had grown up in Columbus, mm-hmm. and that when when Tom Herman was asked in off the record conversations with reporters, um, so what about these guys? And he goes, ah, I, and, and then this kid's name came up, and he said, I, I don't think we're going to get him. He's he's he went he grew up in Columbus. You know, so if if Tom Herman was so bitter that uh, that that Zach Smith had beaten him out for this guy, why is he saying that? You know, it was it, it seemed like an honest answer to a question, and uh, not something like, "Oh my gosh, we're just getting killed here uh, about these players." And and as you know, as I wrote today, it doesn't make any sense from the standpoint of the why in the world would Tom Herman want to you know tick off all these people from Ohio State. When that's a place he worked at one time, if that job ever comes open, he may not want to go, but he could sure use that leverage uh, as being a guy that would be in the hunt for that job. Well, because it comes down to this, Kevin, um, and, and I don't know if this is from the fact that we've just watched too much TV over the past 50 years or what it is, but presented with facts or a conspiracy theory, yeah, we in general... Prefer the conspiracy. Prefer the conspiracy theory because right. it, it can't be that easy. It can't be that straightforward that a guy beat his wife and the coach covered it up. Yeah. Um, there's got to be some ulterior motive here. And and certainly there was reporting, and I'm not gonna get into um I'm not gonna get into the the you know, this was reported by Jeff Snook on Facebook that Tom Herman was uh the source. I know Jeff, I worked with Jeff. Um He's a good reporter. Uh, when I worked with him, he was in South Florida. He's moved back to Columbus where he went to school. Certainly there's some ties to Ohio State there. It's just a it's a weird, between social media, um, the dynamics of college football, it, it, it's just created this really weird, and again, I, I think the word of the day is toxic or radioactive, but uh, some kind of perverted and, and, and weird environment. And then you go to the message boards, and everybody's got a lawyer friend of mine who knows so-and-so right. and knows what the real story is here. And people just gravitate to this because they don't want to believe. You know, there's uh, They don't want to believe that that something as simple as a coach not wanting to uh, just wanting to hush stuff up, which we all know has gone on basically for as long as college football has been sure. a big time sport. Um, I, I don't get people going out and protesting uh, in front of Ohio stadium to bring urban Meyer back. This is a criminal investigation for crying out loud. But Evan, this is just a symbol. It's this is not just sports. This right. is just our society, society in general. Yeah. It, you know the, what? What it has come to is now is that the that the media is not trusted. We're not trusted. Right. I, I'll write a uh, you know I'll write a column about something. Somebody doesn't like it, and I'll look at it on Twitter. It'll be oh you're just a troll. Right. Yeah, I'm just a troll who's been doing this for forty years. Right. 
You know, that's that's it. Yeah, that's how I've that's how I've gained my credibility after all these years. You don't have to believe what I'm saying. You don't have to agree with it. But 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 to accuse me of being a troll is ridiculous. And that's what everybody wants to do now. Everybody wants to 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 come up with their own science. This is I'm going to come up with my own science for this. And I, I don't need yours, you know. And if I don't want to believe it, I don't have to believe it. And that's and unfortunately, this is the, the way our society is headed in general. And so it's, it's spooky on a number of levels. I don't know why it wouldn't happen in, in college athletics, because they become so big and because these guys make so much money and because there's so much tied up in all of it. And I, and I do think it's all a shame. It, I, I, it's, well, here's the way I feel about college football. It's a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, I love college football because I, for the reasons I've always loved it. It's it's fun, the color, the you know the, uh, the passion, the passion, the pageantry of it. All that it sounds like cliches. It's all true. If you go to a college football game, it is much different from going to a pro football game. You, it is just unless you go to Green Bay. You know, there are very few places that you can go to watch an NFL game that it feels like it does when you go to watch a college football right. game. And they're just just the history of it. I love history, and I, and I, and people care. And people, college football fans, they do care about the history. It's the one time it, it, that people actually do care about history, and and so I like that about it. I like all those things, but all the rest of it, and and what's uh, what's evolving now, and what's happening in it, uh, it really makes it difficult uh, sometimes to to say I like it. Sometimes I feel like I'm part of the problem uh, because I'm writing about it. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I do write about issues and uh, uh and about things that happen and and certainly i feel ob- obligated to do that and i'm glad to do that uh but the other side of it is is that uh you know it, it does make it difficult sometimes you know to know when you write something now what's going what's going to be the reaction to this uh and how are people going to take this you you i i try as hard as i can to be as fair and objective i would do that anyway that you know, that's not to say that i would have <laughs> written stuff off the top of my head and just blown it off. But you really have to try to do that now. And even then, people just don't get it. They, they, you know, First of all, they're usually not even reading it. They're just seeing it on Twitter and they're moving on. Uh, so let's, let's, t- let's talk about here about the situation. So we, 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 we kind of established, uh, this, uh, uh, kind of a, a terrible way for the, the kickoff of, of college football when one of the premier programs, uh, in the game is under investigation. And in, uh, the team that Texas is going to play in its opener is also under an investigation after the death of a player, which from the looks of it could have been prevented, which is just as bad, as bad as it gets. So uh, at, at any rate, um, the Maryland thing bothers me a great deal um, from the perspective of coaches didn't put their, their players interest first, their players welfare first. And especially when you've got the, uh, when you've got an athletic trainer involved. Did you see uh, Will Muschamp's reaction? No. Will's a good friend of DJ Durkin, the Maryland football coach. And when he was asked about it, he, he called it all hogwash. He said, these anonymous sources, that's all hogwash, you know, and what, what a shame that Will Muschamp would say that, you know, you can say what you want about anonymous sources. Look, you don't get 90% of the stories and investigation that have led to things without anonymous sources. There was no Watergate reporting. There was no Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein without anonymous sources. You have to, you have to trust that these reporters are doing their jobs and doing them correctly. Their, their livelihoods depend upon it. 
they're not going to make this stuff up. You know, there have been a few cases, and then we know well the ones of, of cases where people made stuff up, and they paid for it. They were summarily fired, and their careers were over. And let me just say this: Have we? We've been. Um, both of us have been witness, and as have everybody, uh, to Will Muschamp on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, you think Will Muschamp has berated and demeaned his a little, players a little, a little over the top, you know? A little bit. I yeah. mean, it was something that I think he was so poor at at Florida that it was something he had to address when he got to South Carolina. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying uh, a coach's opinion on this. Uh, the wise coach in this in this regard says, "Look, DJ Durkin's a friend of mine. Yeah, I've known him very well. This is not the man I know, but I'm going to sit and let, let the, the investigators facts, yes. and all the facts come out. There's nothing wrong with that. You're offering you're you're offering your support for your for your friend, and you're at the same time respecting the fact the, the idea of." There's an investigation well, going there's, on there's, here, there's, and there is a kid dead. Right, and that and that's the thing. That's the that's the issue here. Now, listen. I, here's what I want to say about in the in everything I read in the ESPN, and then the Washington Post also followed up with a, with a kind of a shorter term investigation, obviously, of what happened at Maryland. Look, the stuff about coaches, you know, being you know yelling, cussing. Well, yeah, that's what coaches do. Look, you know, the, the, 75 percent of them 90 percent of them out there high school college whatever there's a lot of that going on so i could see how people would say my, my problem with that reporting of that kind of stuff is that people are going to immediately turn off they're immediately going to say all coaches are like that what's the difference is is that when you have an athletic trainer saying something like that sure. now we now we have seen something because the reporting was that this guy was a very meek and mild-mannered professional guy until dj durkin and uh, Rick Court showed up on campus, and then all of a sudden he turned into somebody else. And the point is, is that often these athletic trainers are bullied by the coaches. They know that their employment depends on that, and he became something he was not. And that may have led to the death of this young man. Right. And so, what a tragedy that all is. Let me uh, let me ask you this question: Since we're talking about that. Uh, the Junction Boys was a bestseller and turned into a movie. Yes. If somebody reported that story today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, it's a, everybody Everybody talks about that. And we've romanticized that story. We've romanticized it into a movie. Well, I wrote about it. I can remember talking to Jack Pardee about that, and he said, you know, you're, it's in a drought in that part of Texas. Begin with it's hot, it's dry, you're not getting water. He said, and you remember once he, he got down in his stance and the guy next to him did the same thing, and he fell over. And fainted, and so they took him off the field. And Jack said, "You know what? All I could think was he was really lucky because now he's going to get to have water." Right. And 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 you know, so people say, and here's the problem with all this. And I've had this discussion before with other people. So if they did all that back then and people weren't dying, why are they dying now? What's the problem now? Well, there's a number of problems now. You got supplements that that kids are taking that they shouldn't be taking uh, that 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 contribute to the problems. You're talking about players a lot larger than than they were back then, uh, and so therefore they, they incorporate more problems. Well, and it's a it's a it's a different societal yeah. well it, 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 reaction. People now. aren't. And I've talked to athletic s- trainers about this. They're not. The kids aren't acclimatized to to the weather like they were back right. back then. You didn't even have air conditioning in a lot of places. These people were outside all the time. They were they were. They but were just used the societal mores were different at that point. Sure. Too. 
But, you know, a, a few years ago we had here in Dallas a terrible story at Dallas Carter where uh, a lineman died. First day of practice, he was sent out, and they ran gassers after practice, which is, to me, idiotic uh, that you'd have these big guys doing this. That's what was happening in Maryland, ran 10, 110-yard sprints. Why linemen are running those, I don't know. Uh, but at any, at any rate, uh, and this kid, they actually at Carter, they had two kids that were struggling and they put one in an ice bath because he was doing worse. And the other one they sent home and the one they sent home died. And that, that was, that was the issue. They should have put both of them in the ice bath. And, and so when I wrote about that, I wrote that, that look, these kids nowadays, they're not doing the th- same thing the kids used to do. They're sitting inside all summer long, and they're playing video games. Some of them are. Not all of them. You know, I had a Highland Park kid write me and say, essentially, that that this kid, these kids, when this when, if that happened to them, then that's what happens to them because they should have been working out. It's like, yeah, that's a great attitude to take. Nobody should... Nobody should be dying from playing football. Nobody should be dying from playing football. You know, sometimes stuff happens. You get a, a kid gets an alar- has an enlarged heart. Nobody knows about it. Right. That's one thing. You know, and, 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 and much like less from playing, not just playing football. We're talking about from conditioning. Oh yes, absolutely. people should not be dying from conditioning. No. There are circumstances on the football field that have been very unfortunate, in which, um, and, and we're learning more and trying to do more to prevent them with paralysis and CTE and all of that. But this is this was a conditioning issue, right? And um, uh, Maryland has just announced a 2 p.m. press conference today with President Wallace D. Lowe and A.D. Damon Evans. Well, if they're already having a press conference, I don't think that's good for D.J. Durkin. I think they've decided that they're going to go ahead and pull the plug on that. Well, I, you know, and that, uh, and and I know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, and I know there's a lot of Maryland fans. Um, that just support the university because it's their home state university sure. and, and all of that. But I, I, I would like to feel that if I was in this situation with my, you know, I've, I've, I've been on record saying college football is, is my kind of ability to put my sports reporter aside for most of the time and just be a fan. And if I was in the same situation, I would be troubled. You know, I'd, I'd be troubled if this happened at Georgia. I'd be, uh, I'd, I'd be troubled if it ha- I'm troubled that it happened anywhere. Sure. Um, but you can still support your. You can still be a fan of your school, uh, and be troubled by behavior. And I think a lot of fans are. Look, like everything that happened at Baylor, uh, there was a lot of fans, and I heard from a lot of them. Boy, and uh, but they, I, I, and, and, and I still do. But there were a lot of fans who wrote me and said, "You know what? I'm I'm, I'm embarrassed, and I'm sorry about everything that's happened at Baylor." And, and I do think it's the same thing with Twitter. You know, I, I get, I get. 97 positive responses you get two negative responses and you focus on those two negative responses about something and and i think the group that was putting the the coach art bryles t-shirts out there and and that was was very small and by and large the the baylor fan base was troubled by whether or not the university acted properly whether the athletic department acted properly um and so yeah i don't want to i I don't want to demean a fan base but it, it's it's a tr- it's a troubling aspect. You, there is this comfort and this joy in college football that so many of us take, and and for a lot of us, it takes us back to when we were in school. Um, but there's issues with the sport. Yeah, there are, and uh, and and you know these things are. Uh, 
I think here, here's my issue with, with coaches in general about this kind of thing, and this is just speaking generally. It's not all of them, obviously. I just feel like that so many coaches just want to say, hey, look, just let me coach my football team. That's what I want to do, right? And and that, and this is their retreat. Uh, as I said, I don't want to get – I am speaking in pretty broad general terms here, but for the most part, the coaches I know are guys who would do this from and, – and they will tell you this. I get up in the morning – before before uh, before light and I go to work and I come home at night and it's dark and and I have spent and they love every single minute of it and they are willing to give their lives to that kind of thing and do that and so when they're so willing to do this thing that someone's paying them a lot of money to do and you can have this much fun at it they simply do not want to let the outside world interfere with that and that's why I always say I, I hate the word distractions people refer to criminal acts as a distraction is this going to be a distraction for the team this year i i refuse to use that term when i'm asking questions I, of, of coaches and i athletes. hate you, I, you know and I've, i i use the word distraction sometimes in questions and and i don't know that i've, I've asked it so much about like a criminal investigation because fortunately with the rangers i haven't yeah. had to deal with that much but i do hate that word too because it's like uh, it, this is more than a distraction yeah these things are not just they're not you know these kinds of things are not distractions. It's it's uh, how does this you know how how do you deal with right your job and and protecting your players going forward? And it, you know what? And I think sometimes that they they just go too far with that. I mm-hmm. think frankly, you know, to me, it, it's like what happens. It's, it's what happens everywhere where you see great coaches and and things that have happened. And you wonder how did this happen? It's because sometimes uh, they feel like oh my gosh. This, you know, I, I can only I believe in my heart that Joe Paterno is a good guy, was a good guy. But I believe that I believe that he knew Jerry Sandusky was doing things. I, I believe he had to have known that this is the guy who played for him, worked for him. He'd been around him for 40 years. Uh, he had to have known some of that. Uh, Jerry Sandusky was so bold as to as to commit these acts on the Penn State campus. So, well, it's that whole idea of insulation. I, and, and the thing was that I'm, I'm giving money to the university. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Uh, I just want to be insulated. I don't want to know about this. Yes. And, 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 and the deal was is that in the end, Joe knew that this is the end of everything. He had to have known that and he could not face that. He could not face that fact that a guy who'd done all these good things and been such a good soldier in the fight to, to you know, for, against, as he put it in a book one time, against the Barry Switzers and Jackie Sherrills of the world. And uh, it, and then it, the the irony is that in the end, you know, this was a was was a much greater sin, and and in, so in, in the eighties. Let me ask you a question: In the eighties, did we not all have this? You got to get closer to the microphone, Evan. In the eighties, did we not all have this opinion that like the Jimmy Johnsons and the the Jackie Sherrills and the the Barry Switzers of the world were bad guys, yeah. and that Joe Paterno was was a good guy? Right. And we look back now, and, and particularly. With my with my exposure to Barry, did, did, again, did he cheat by the letter of the law according to the NCAA? Yes, yes. and and rampantly. Did and, and was a lot of it to win? Absolutely. But it would be hard for me to find a coach where I've seen more examples of a guy caring about his players and his players' welfare 
than Barry Switzer. Yeah, I'm not going to justify what Barry did and a lot of things he did. But, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's very much like his father, uh, a guy who did a lot of things that society frowns about, but he was also very helpful to people in the community, and, and that's certainly what he did. Well, this was I, – I, and I will – from my personal standpoint, people ask me all the time about – in the last few years about, about Georgia. And I like Kirby Smart. I like him. I thought he was a good hire. I was not I, – I was not bothered – by Mark Rick's presence at Georgia, because from everything I read, everything I saw, everything I was exposed to, this was a guy who did care about his kids, who put a good atmosphere around them. And if that meant that Georgia was, you know, was an eight win team perennially and every once in a while they, they bumped up to 10 wins, I would take that. I realize it's hard to win championships and I don't want to sacrifice everything to win championships. Kirby's been a great hire and great success for Georgia. But I will never sit here and say that that Mark Rick didn't do what I thought he should do for the University of Georgia, which was coach those kids, try and put together the best environment he could. And even then, you're still dealing with 18 to 21-year-old kids, and there's a lot of weed that gets smoked and a lot of kids who go out and drink and drive. And it happened at Georgia. It's happened at other places. Um and that behavior sometimes is, is it's unfortunate and it happens. But what at the end of the day, I felt like here was a coach who tried to do best by his kids and best by the university and never, ever said, I'm going to push all of this aside just to win. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never, never characterize any coach as a never ever. Uh, but uh, I, I do think that there are, there are guys that, uh, um, you know, we can go on and on about all this. And, and Sharon Grigsby is in now, and she's going to talk to Channel Five in a minute. Uh, so we can't. Uh, we got to get out of here pretty quick. But so can uh, we talk about my minor league story now? No, we cannot talk about your minor league story. And we're not going to talk about it this week. We may talk about it next week if you're good. Uh, How many know. vegetables do I have to eat this week? <laughs> you got to do more than eat your vegetables. Let me just say that. Uh, but we can get back in, and, and maybe we can have our, our buddy uh, um, Tim Brando on, uh, who was who was who was going to be on with us, but apparently had some kind of uh, thing that kept him away from his phone. These uh, things happen occasionally. These things do happen, and we're sorry about that. So, uh, Evan, I think I'll wrap it up. We've had three podcasts this week. We've had uh, a Rangers podcast, we had a Cowboys podcast, and we had a college football podcast when we talked about the problems of the sport. Maybe next week we can start talking about a little bit about what we might expect from some of those teams uh, as, a, as, as the season approaches. As they play the football? Yeah. So, uh, Evan, do you have anything else you'd like to say? No, I'm good, Kevin. Is that it? All yeah, right. It's been a pleasure being with you except for not talking about my story. <laughs> except for that so from everybody in here to everybody out there we thank you for listening Ooh, next week you know what next week i'll be on the phone will you really you won't be here no you know what i'll be doing what i'll be driving back or about to drive back from austin speaking of the university of texas really yeah wow good for you we're moving natalie into moving the her on in. Monday. Yeah. yeah well we're moving in this week we're moving in two of them this week so uh so it's gonna be a busy week yeah, we have to move in on Monday because rush starts. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, Olivia's already involved in that, but as an upperclassman, she's just, you know, she's not having to run around. She's right. just there at the house. So we, we have all that to do. Um, and while I'm down there, if I have any time, I'll go ask Tom Herman why he wanted to get Zach Smith fired. <laughs> yeah, do that. I think that'd go over really big. <laughs> <laughs>
Evan, it's been it's been lovely. And I'll talk to you next week by phone. I don't know if I'd go so low, so far as to lovely. No? Not no. lovely? Okay. It's been acceptable. Okay. Tolerable. Tolerable. All right, then. All right. Well, let's look here and talk to NBC5. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya. See ya.